0: Good morning. My name's Pat. I'm a pastor here at Cottonwood, and we are celebrating today. This is our first celebration Sunday in a couple of years. We used to do. We we will be getting back to this. We'll be doing doing it twice a year, usually uh, in the spring, and then here like in the early winter, late fall. Um, but we're glad that you're here. We don't have. We have all our kids with us this morning. King's kids and arrows are in here. We do. I'm not sure if we have nursery, actually, so I won't say if we have them or not. You probably saw that on the way in. Um, But uh, we'd love to connect with you. If you're new, you can let us know that you're visiting this morning. You can shoot us a text and say hello, and we'll say hello back. And if there's any other way that we can be of service to you, if we can answer any questions about us, or if there's any way that getting to know us can be helpful to you, we'd love to know that. So you can text us. I have a few announcements this morning. We're going to be doing child dedications and uh, baptisms of believers who want to express their faith in Christ, taking the step of baptism on their road of discipleship this morning. But I have a few announcements. First of all, we uh, annually our church takes a couple of slots to ring the bell for Salvation Army, and we will be doing that um, on November 27th and another date in December, but that date doesn't exactly matter right now because we have two slots open on November 27th. I think we have a picture of one of our families who was ringing it uh, previous year up there. Um, So if you're interested in helping out, that is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'm sure it'll be super busy at Shields that weekend. You'll have a lot of activity and a lot of fun, but A couple of afternoon slots if you're interested, talk to Stephanie Flieger afterwards or email her. I think her information is up there on the screen for you. Um, And we also have uh, this morning a report about Operation Christmas Child. We've been collecting boxes the last few weeks we had. Um, Last week was our collection Sunday. I'm going to have Tara Cutting come up and give us a little bit of a report on that.
1: So this year, our church um, took packed 31 boxes this year, and um, there's still time. If you want to do a physical box, you can drop it off today or tomorrow at Hope Church until eight o'clock. Um, and I just want to remind everybody that even though that's 31 presents and Christmas presents that that kids get, that's also possibly 31 kids that hear about Jesus, and maybe 31 moms or dads that are going to go to heaven now because of the gifts that you guys gave. So on behalf of all those people, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's a great ministry that meets a physical need, opens the door for the gospel by giving a gift, and each box also comes along with the opportunity for kids to follow up with a, a Bible study, basically, it's optional, they can say that, I want to be a part of that, and many kids actually do hear the gospel, and families get changed because of you spending 25 or $30 or a little bit more on sending a shoebox full of gifts, it's, it's amazing, really an amazing So thanks for participating in that. We have a couple other announcements this morning. One is that we, this is, Thanksgiving is this week. We have a Thanksgiving Eve communion service. You can sure join us. We'd love to have you join us here at the church. Um, We will have communion, uh, share communion. I think there's information about that, maybe, or not. Um, But we'll share communion. We have made it a habit of using our Thanksgiving service as an opportunity to offer a thank offering So there's not as much of a message, a little devotion, but a time for us as a church to just think through our past year and offer a thankfulness offering, write it out to God and say thank you for, fill in the blank, whether it was a good year or a hard year or a happy year or a mixed year, there's things that we can offer as thanks, as an offering to God, and that's what we'll be celebrating this Wednesday night. Thanksgiving is also very close to Advent, and so we'll be having our Advent Bible reading bookmarks available. Are they available today? Tom, do we have Advent Bible reading marks today? Okay, so you can grab your bookmark with we have Advent Bible readings that we offer as a church. This year the focus is on prophecies that have been fulfilled through the coming of Christ, so that's the focus of our Advent Bible reading, so you can grab a bookmark on your way out today. I'm going to pray over our service this morning, and then we're going to head into child dedication. So would you bow with me? Lord, you are indeed a good God, and we've all experienced of your goodness, as we just sang together about in that song. And today we celebrate uh, some of the other signs of your goodness, Lord, how you have been good to us, and you've shown it in so many ways. We recognize a few of those ways this morning. God, might our hearts be stirred with celebration over the goodness that we see in our midst this morning. And even might this celebration this morning open our eyes as we head into Thanksgiving week to even more ways that you have been good to us. We commit our morning to you and pray that you would be blessed uh, by our gathering, by our worship, and by our celebration. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So we're, it's been two years since we've had a Celebration Sunday, and so we have had quite a, we're a young church, we have had quite a few children welcomed into the world in that time span. And so we have the most children being dedicated this morning that we ever have on a single de- child ded- or a celebration Sunday. I'm going to briefly um, tell a little bit about what child dedication is, and then we'll invite these families up. First of all, child dedication is really just a joyful recognition that children are a gift from God. That's what he, how he describes children. God's word does in Psalm 127.3. It says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Sort of like you got first place. I don't know, do you ever run in a race when you're in elementary school or high school and you kind of wish you got first, you didn't get it? Children are like blue ribbon. You, you did it. First place. That's how God thinks of every child, no matter the circumstances of their birth that they're sort of like an inherited gift that you get to receive and what these parents are proclaiming today in part is they're saying this child is a gift from God we agree with what God says secondly child dedication is an it's, it's really more about what the parents are saying than what the kids are saying cuz they can't say anything i think we might have close to a 2 year old is the oldest up here but Really what child dedication is, it's an expression of a parent's commitment to God. And in particular, we look at Deuteronomy 6.4, which actually I'll be sharing more about on Sunday, next Sunday, as a part of our continuing of the series that we've been going through, which is called Flourish. We've been looking at how does God want every area of our life to flourish. And this Sunday, next, I'm sorry, a week from today, we'll be looking at family. And six, Deuteronomy 6.4 is a key text on there. That's really where we find the great commandment to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then there's this instruction to parents to say and talk about it all day long and have symbols on the way in and the way out and have on the first thing on your head, the first, the, the, the first thing that guides your thoughts, have it be God and loving God and pass this on to your kids. And so what these parents are committing to is to do that themselves to grow in their obedience in God's word and make Christ the center of their lives and to prioritize passing that on as an example to their kids. So these families are all going to be saying, that's what we're committing to. We're committing to obey God, to follow God, to love God, and to pass that on to our children. And so they're entering into a vow. Now, vows are voluntary. You don't force them on anybody, at least not if you're loving, (laughs) Vows are voluntary. It's a choice that you make, just like you get to choose who you want to make a vow to. If you decide to get married, it's your choice. You can make the vow or not make the vow. This is also just a choice that these parents are making to say before God and family and friends and their church family, I'm going to make this commitment to receive this child as a gift and to raise them to follow God. And so, Ecclesiastes 5:5 5, 5 says it's better not to vow than to make a vow and not keep it and that is just saying that God takes vows seriously and so God takes this vow seriously these parents that are making a commitment to raise their kids to follow Christ. So we're going to all enter into that. We actually ask people at our church if they're going to dedicate a child to be a member of our church. And here's why because we actually ask our church members to voluntarily Enter into a responsive vow to these kids. Now, you can choose to do that too, but if we're going to ask church members to enter into a vow, say, I'm going to support these families in any way that I can, then we feel like it would be great for that, these families to express their commitment to you as the church. So uh, let's invite these families up. We have, uh, I'm going to tell you all the babies' names first. Actually, I'll have them all come up. Come on up, and then I'll introduce them to you. I don't know if you can fit, but we'll try. Maybe we'll go like, and if we have to go down the stairs, we can do that too. Okay, we have, I'm going to, can you just wave, because I have them in order down here, but I don't know if I can get them right if I look at you. Could you do that? So when I say your guys' names, can you just sort of wave or hold your little one up? We have uh, Grace and Marie, whose parents are Rich and Debbie Heitman this morning, and we have Jaron Iver, whose parents are Taylor and Jamie Miesel. We have Macy May, whose parents are Ryan and Emily Wurstel. We have Matilda Allen, whose parents are Scott and Grace Holm. We have Martin John, whose parents are Russell and Lucy Crary. There we go. We have Julia Heather Dean, is that right? Whose parents are David and Sarah and the rest of their family. We have Hannah Jane, whose parents are Aaron and Carissa Mooney. And we have Reese Marie and Tanner and Andrea Rosendahl and the rest of their family. And then we also have Lucy James and David and Catherine Dunham and the rest of their family. So this morning, I'm going to talk to the parents and then I'm going to talk to the church members. So I am going to talk to all the dads and moms this morning here. And what you can do is if this is your intention this morning, you can just say, we do. In response to this and then I'll turn to the church this morning. So I'm going to say all the parents names again. Rich and Debbie, Taylor and Jamie, Ryan and Emily, Scott and Grace, Russell and Lucy, David and Sarah, Aaron and Carissa, Tanner and Andrea, David and Catherine. You are bringing your children here to be dedicated to God. Do you vow together before God Almighty and this church and these witnesses that you will raise your child in a way that pleases God by instructing and training your child in God's word, by introducing your child to Christ's love and their need for salvation, by being an example of godliness in your home in marriage, and by keeping Christ at the center of your lives. By protecting your child from evil influences. And by staying committed to the fellowship of believers within the church? If so, please say we do. Wonderful. Now we'll come back up. Members of Cottonwood Community Church, why don't you stand? Today, these parents are bringing these children here to be dedicated to God. Do you, as their church family, commit to surround them with love, grace, and the truth of Christ? Will you stand with these parents in prayer? Speak the truth in love into their lives. Serve them in humility and encourage them in the word of God. Do you receive these children as a gift and a blessing from the Lord and come commit to come alongside and encourage these parents as you have opportunity in their efforts to train and raise these children to be followers of Christ? If so, please say we do. Thank you. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over these dear ones. God, thank you for the gift of children. You call us your children, and you have entrusted each one of these little lives, these precious souls. You said this is the perfect mom and the perfect dad to raise this one and this one and this one. God, thank you. What a responsibility. How much trust you're expressing in each of these parents here to say they're just the right one to raise this child and this child just the right way to know what who Christ is, to know what I'm like, to know what my heart is, and to learn how to follow me. God, I pray that you would give them grace, that you would grant them mercy where they need it, and that we could come alongside them as a church to help them to fulfill this responsibility, this calling you've put on their lives, to raise these kids to follow you. We pray this in your name, Jesus, and receive all of these children as gifts from you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you parents would stay here until I can shake your hand and greet you with a certificate, that'd be great. You can sure applause them and sit down And now we're moving on to the baptism so Tom is going to lead us into that.
2: It's Quite a group, huh? I was thinking we should have the church come up and them stay there. It would be less crowded up here. It's it's sweet to be able to celebrate baptisms now. Uh, a number of the baptisms will be children. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Up how closer. Yeah, thank you. I told him to wave if I'm doing anything wrong, and he just waved. So it's sweet to be able to celebrate baptisms now as well. A number of the children were getting baptized a few years ago were getting dedicated and I just want to share briefly about the message of baptism. We have the mandate for baptism, the actual underlying message of baptism, and the mode of it. The mandate for baptism, Jesus Christ said, in Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus himself, one of the last things he ever said on earth was to said to his disciples to go and make more disciples. And the first step, crucial step in discipleship making is baptism. The message of baptism is given to us in Romans 6 verse 4. It says, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. The message of baptism is identification with Christ. Just as Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, this is what baptism symbolizes, that these individuals have placed their faith in Jesus Christ and they have spiritually, so so to speak, died with him and have new life with him. And so this is like a reenactment of what has actually happened inside in their hearts and their spirits. And it's more than that. It's a testimony. It's a proclamation that they're bent on following Jesus Christ. This is a crucial step in discipleship. And so they're proclaiming to you, to uh, church members, friends, family members, and to heaven itself, that they're going to follow Jesus Christ. Lastly, the mode of baptism is, of course, water. The word baptism comes from the Greek baptizo, which means to immerse. And so baptism is by immersion. And uh, there's a profound order in baptism. We first have died with Christ and then we're risen again. And so baptism is something that happens after a person receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The old man has passed away. And just a word for uh, parents who have had their children go through a ceremony of baptism when they were babies, I encourage you to think of this as their personal affirmation of that as they get baptized. And so, uh, come on out. Yep. So, uh, we're going to have each one share their own personal testimony of of, uh, salvation and why they're here to get baptized. And we'll start with Easton. Yeah, you. If he doesn't hold it up here, I want you to wave, okay? We want everybody to hear. Here you go, buddy.
1: Hi, my name is Easton Weiser, and I am 13 years old and in seventh grade. My family has gone to church for as long as I can remember and went to communion whenever possible. I came to God about four years ago, so I was nine years old. It was nighttime, and our family was planning on going to communion that night. We'd gone to communion before, but I'd never participated in the actual eating of the bread and drinking of the grape juice. My dad had asked me before we left if I would come see him in the bathroom. I was kind of scared because I thought I was in trouble for something, but I didn't know what. (laughs) Turns out, I was not in trouble, and he was asking me if I believed in God and that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. Up until that point, I didn't know what to think about God and his son Jesus. All I knew was my family and friends when the church, so I did. I knew that my family believed in God and that he died on the cross. At that moment, I realized for the first time that I was a sinner and that the only way to be saved and have eternal life was through God and Jesus, and I wanted that. I didn't want to have eternal pain and suffering. I wanted to be saved by God and to stop trying to be the center of my own life. So when my dad asked me if I believed in God, I said I did. Ever since then, I've always believed in God and Jesus, even when the times felt really bad and hard. God has always been there, and I know he always will. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want to be baptized today because I want God to be the center of my life.
2: Next up is Jaylee.
3: Hello, my name is Jaylee Weiser. I'm 12 years old and in sixth grade. About two weeks ago, my parents asked me if I wanted to get baptized. I was unsure about it. I guess I always wanted to get baptized. I was just afraid to talk about it or have to talk, and talk, have to talk in front of all you guys. When I was younger, I was hesitant to accept Christ because I didn't think I needed him in my life. About two years ago, Pastor Tom was giving a lesson at Awana. In his lesson, he was talking about coming to God and getting baptized. At the end of his lesson, he asked if he asked us if we wanted to, get a, wanted to accept Jesus into our hearts to be our Savior. Then he said, let's pray about it. I was unsure about it then. Then I said, it's time. I believe that God is here, and I want to have him as my main focus in life. So yes, I accepted him into my life that night. Then that night, or maybe the end of the week, I told my parents about it and we prayed about it. I enjoyed it a lot more after that because I actually pay attention in the so I knew what they were talking about. I know that God is with me in the bad, the good, and the ugly. He was always going to be there with me and, and I want that to stay the same. My favorite verse is Mark 12, 30. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. In Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, is God, the gift of God is eternal life, in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to get baptized today because I want God to be the main focus of my life.
2: Next up, I believe, is Amelia. Is that right? Yep. Thank you.
4: Hi, my name is Amelia Ann Arnson. I am nine years old, and I have three brothers and one sister. I am fortunate to live in a Christian home. When I was five years old, my family and I were on a vacation in Florida. I was getting ready for bed, and I asked my mom what it would be like to have Jesus in my heart. My mom explained it to me, and then she asked me if I was ready to ask Jesus to be my personal Savior, and I said yes. And so right there in my bed, I acknowledged that I was a sinner, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and to lead me in my life. One of my favorite verses is Romans 6.23 the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to get baptized today because I am so thankful that I have the gift of eternal life in heaven, and so I want everyone to know that I follow Jesus.
2: Okay, that's it. Oh no! Lana's next. Here we go. <clears throat> I was
5: baptized as a child and accepted Christ as a child. I'm sorry. As I grew older, I started to strive for. I was more concerned about fitting in than following what God wanted for me. So I lived my life selfishly and made some really terrible mistakes. After having kids, I knew I wanted to raise them in a Christian home, so I rededicated my life to Christ. I thought once I did that, it would be like magic and I'd instantly be able to... I let go and forgive myself for things I had done in my past. But it didn't work that way. Sorry. After rededicating my life to Christ, I spent years beating myself up for my past mistakes. Even though I knew he forgave me, it was still hard to believe because I absolutely didn't deserve it. One night, I was crying out to Christ for probably the thousandth time to forgive me and telling myself, you're not forgiven because you don't deserve it. And I heard three words in my head, you are mine. My heart has never felt such relief because of this. One of my favorite Bible verses is the beginning of Isaiah 43. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine which also ties into another favorite verse, John 1027 to 30. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them from my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them from my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. I can look, at, I can look back at my journey with Christ and know he's walked with me the entire time. Even in times when I was trying to distance myself, I still felt him there, and I am so thankful he never gave up on me. I'm getting baptized today because I know Christ has been slowly nudging me to do this, and I want to obey what my Savior is asking of me.
2: Now, Lana's daughter, Leah.
3: Hi, my name is Leah. I was baptized when I was a baby. I've known about Christ my whole life. There's never really been a time where I didn't believe in Christ. I remember my mom tucking me in. When we were done saying our prayers, my mom talked about how to be saved. After we talked, I prayed and asked him to be in my heart and guide me where I need to go. My favorite verse is Hebrews eleven six. 6. No one can please God without faith. Whoever goes to God must believe he exists, and he rewards those who seek him. I want to be baptized because I feel like God is telling me that I should.
2: Nothing more encouraging than that, eh? Praise the Lord. Um, Join me in prayer, and then we'll have a closing song. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these uh, baby dedications, these families bent on following Jesus Christ and raising their children for you. We pray that they would be the next generation that would carry the banner of Jesus Christ in this dark world in which we live. They'd be bright and shining lights for you. Would you put your hedge of protection around each and every one of them and around those families, they might shine brightly for you. Protect them, we pray, from the evil one. And then, Lord, for these uh, ones who have followed and obeyed you in baptism, we pray that from this day forward, they would enjoy the supernatural power of God in their lives as they follow you. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for their courage, their faith, and their obedience. We pray they would spread to many more. We thank you for this sweet celebration Sunday. Pray your blessing upon all those here as we depart. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Please stand and sing with us one more song.